everybody. Welcome to Good Vibes with Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. And let's get today started with. So uh, I finished finally putting together somewhat uh, variety episode 15, but this episode is solely about parenting. I don't talk too much about parenting um, only because I believe there's so many other be- better podcasters out there, but I will give you a few things, especially for those dads out there that really want to get, you know, hey, how do we do this? Now, I have three daughters. I have 22, a 22-year-old, I have an 11-year-old, and I have a 1-year-old. So I've seen all spectrums pretty much, but they're all different. And I understand and respect each one of them for their own individuality. But there are common characteristics that we all know that that happen commonly in girls, and they also things happen in boys. I'm going to speak from a father's perspective of what happens with girls. And just on a few different, a few small little topics. One of the biggest challenges for dads today is like, how do we dads connect with our daughters? We can't teach them how to be women, but necessarily, but we can also be influential on what they formulate what a woman should be like. The people that we are with, say like you live in a separate home, you know, and you didn't work out in a relationship or a marriage. How do you work? with your ex-spouse, girlfriend, or whatever um, to formulate a uh, material so that your daughters will grow up nice, healthy, and strong. Right now, they'll notice there's an epidemic or pandemic of emotional control in girls. Girls are becoming more reactive. They're becoming more aggressive. And they don't know how to necessarily deal with their emotions. But this also applies to boys as well. They're having a harder time with rejection and acceptance. And why is that? What are we giving them or what are we not giving them for their daily lives? Well, I'm going to try to answer some of that with my own opinion and my own subjective and objective thinking. Now, over 22 years, I've not been a perfect dad. My first child, I wasn't necessarily always involved in her life. There was a great deal of distance, and I let my significant other at the time arguments get in the way of me being a father. Excuse, probably. But the real truth of the matter is, is that my daughter suffered a great consequence of not having her a real dad there, and she really deserved it. But then, you know, what bygones will be bygones. I've asked her for forgiveness. I've tried to do everything I can to keep in contact. I've written her letters. Over the last 22 years, and I can't tell you how many times I've had a rejection letter or email or non-response, too many to count, too many to think about, and too many to feel. But what I did learn and what I did observe is that the first most important thing of being a father of girls is you really got to be present and you got to be hands-on. But that doesn't mean that you have to be the over-disciplinarian. You need to nurture and care, encourage and help them see logic through their dilemmas. I have an 11 year old who I share custody with, joint custody at that, 50-50, straight down the middle. She gets so many days, I get so many days. Now for a long time we also, we used to fight like cats and dogs about who's better and who's right. Her being a nurse, me being a legal professional, I used to be a nurse in the Navy, but you know what, we would argue about procedures. From flu shots, when she got sick, how she would take things, and so on and so forth. We never could come to an agreement. 
and not till the last two years do we actually start talking. Your biggest ally in your parenting for your daughter is the co-parent. Now, regardless of your emotions of how your relationship ended or, or existed, should no longer be the priority. If you're not going to work it out, work on the things that will make your child, or your daughter for that matter, the strongest human being she can possibly be. She will end up finding that a lot of times people feel like the world is against them. There's no really allies. I can't trust anybody. But the reliance is, is that you can't put you can't put a reliance on people in thinking that people have a warranty, a realness, an, an ability that they will not neglect your needs as a person. Well, guess what? As a friend, as a, an associate, a constituent, they will you know, drop the ball. They're not guaranteed to hold your emotions or to guarantee that nothing will happen worse, better or worse, you know, so to speak. And it's tough, you know, it's like, well, how do I really trust my dad or how do I really trust my mom? I naturally go to friends. Are any of my friends going through this? Well, I've seen this quite a bit with my daughter in my 11 year old. And how we're gonna steer through a lot of that is being present. Don't be the dad that constantly buys your daughter whatever she wants or buying something like an iPad or an iPod just to babysit her time while you do yours. It's a difficult thing about being a parent. It's an understanding that no matter what, that child has specific needs and so do you. We no one can ever pick the right move to make. We can listen to all the parent, parenting articles that we can possibly gather off the internet. We can listen to TED Talks. We can listen to counselors, therapists, and so forth. There's always classes on how to better parent. But the thing is, it's like how you're going to parent, what you really believe in. Maybe you've come from a toxic home. Maybe you've come from a narcissist at home. Who knows? But the thing is, it's like to break the channel, you're going to have to do some adjustments and changes. Yes, and I really do mean that. So, with my 11-year-old, I've always understood that from the day one, changing her diapers, giving her a bath, were all important, connected things that I had to do. Even entertaining her, you know, as a young one. And that's going to lead into my one-year-old later on. Knowing when your personal touch, when you're talking to them, knowing that what they hear, they're just sucking in. They're just receiving it. They're, they're gathering information. They're not projecting an information because it's like a brand new computer with no processor of uh, apps or programs to operate by. There's no true instructions inside their mind. It's more like test and feel. And that's really, if what you think about it, the rest of our lives. We don't really gain knowledge until we test and feel or see or think. You're going to teach your child how to do that. Teaching your child smiling, teaching your child about better things, not just having to be real or giving consequential advice always to them. That's a big deal. If you're always warning your kid, well, Santa Claus is not going to come for a bad little boy or a bad little girl, or you're not going to have friends if you keep acting like that, or I guess this is not worth it to you, really, is it? It's always threats. Is a, has a threat ever worked for you? In my life, threats have never worked for me because it, what it does essentially is it nullifies shame. 
When we do not feel shame, we do not empathize. And if we cannot empathize with things that are going on around us, within us, and our involvement and our functionality in society, then we're doing a serious disservice. Yes, a disservice. Now, the current world is teaching everyone to be selfish and to understand that it's okay to think about me first before anyone else. But, I'm trying to teach my daughter, you can be me, but you can be also a great contributor. Yes, a contributor. If you're making peace, and you're making waves, and you're doing things that help people to become better people, more than likely, you're more secure with yourself. Now, if you're doing those things to make yourself feel better, then that's a problem. That's an emotional security problem because there's a lack of love and lack of self-love. And no one truly understands that better than we do as adults when we have our lonely moments. Except for children, they have it all the time. They need the love of their parents. There's this parenting theory called the attached parenting, rocked by Dr. Gavay, very important and influential uh, doctor who's from Canada who wrote a book called Scatter. I highly recommend it. Anyhow, he basically says that if we don't have the correct attachments, our children at a later age will have serious defaults in their mental processor and emotional well-being, which as an adult can hinder them and be more of a dependent on you or even a pain somewhere else. Second thing, when you're being present with your child, you know, understand that giving hugs, giving kisses, giving smiles is perfectly normal. It's a part of nurturing behavior. Reading to your child, having those times one-on-one -on -one is so important. I can't tell you how many times my 11-year-old has really benefited from our one-on-ones. Anywhere from her swimming, to her soccer, to other activities, her Girl Scouts. How she learned how to deal with each situation with time and patience took a bit of coaching. And sometimes you're not going to teach just the lesson just once or twice, but maybe 50 times. Just think about it. We're, when we're in a rejective mode, we're not going to receive anything. Well, that's a little bit of my show. I'm going to stop right here and listen to the sound quality because I am recording in my car and I hear a little bit of a noise. So I'll be right back.